Karibu, everybody, most welcome um, for the Bible study today. I'm here with Respond uh, Stacy, and uh, we will be we'll be proceeding from where we left. Eh? So I don't know if uh, you missed uh, last Sunday's um, Bible study. This will be a little bit um, of a stretch for you to try and uh, join the dots. Eh? But in a nutshell, we are. We are speaking from 2 Samuel chapter 1, verse 25, just as a quick recap. Um, this is David speaking. How are the mighty fallen in the midst of, a, of battle? So basically that um, uh, we're not dealing with the issue literally of uh, Jonathan and and King Saul and all that um, uh, who fell in battle. But uh, we, we are using that as a general uh, text to begin to appreciate the whole issue of uh, people who have been elevated and uh, have enjoyed certain spiritual prestige and how easily they can be brought from grace to grass as they normally say it and uh, we spent a lot of time last sunday i believe we spent close to an hour if i'm not wrong just laying the foundation and just trying to look at a couple of things which for me i think it's very very important that um we all revisit that um, message matter of fact i would be very uh honest and very clear to all of us that I think um, by the time we are done doing this, probably next Sunday, we, we really need to encourage ourselves to go through this again. You know, you know, you know there are certain sermons which probably you can afford to listen to once and uh, you're okay. But, but, but I think, um, you know, including myself, we need to listen to this again. Nobody is above the word. Um, and uh, you never know your susceptibilities. I can never say that very well. You never know your gullibility. You never know your um, your propensities, your inclinations, especially to error. You know, then that can very easily lead to failure. You know, and most times we get to know it when we're already there. So sometimes if we can be able to kind of, you know, allow ourselves to saturate or allow ourselves to be saturated by this kind of information, in a way it gives you a heads up, you know, kind of a sense of preparedness, even as you move in this journey of life. So basically we are talking about how the mighty have fallen. We have picked three key areas. Um, we said that from a male perspective, it will be gold, girls and glory. Okay? But on a general you know, level, we call it prosperity or money sex and power okay you know prosperity or money sex and power and we just say that uh, these three uh, particular areas are um, areas of great um gullibility and accessibility accessibility rather they can be very slippery and yet you have to interact with them you know which is now the 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 place of challenge because you have to interact with with the issues to do with you know morality you have to do with issues to do with power, issues to do with the resources or money. And so we need to have the correct uh, spiritual posture, you know, and even mental frame to be able to, um, you know, manage these situations without um, them becoming our Waterloo, as the Americans would call it. Um, so I remember we were looking at Titus 2:11 to 12. We we're looking at 2 Timothy 2:19. I don't want to go through all that. Um, we were talking about the season we are living in from um, the book of Timothy, chapter three, you know, and chapter four. 
were looking at what has been already prophesied about the last days and the kind of things which we are to expect, which more, you know, to be very more uh, clear, are already at play. This is a set of players we speak right now. Uh, permissiveness, greed, liberalities, freedoms, rights, free choice, and we can go on and go on and go on. Uh, we also say that these are the days of, um, if it feels good, then have it. Okay? We also say these are days of uncensored consumption. Uncensored consumption. Um, the days of enthroning the self. Okay? The days that um, everybody wants to be in charge. And if you're not in charge, you make um, the life of those who are miserable. Case in point um, is what is happening in the US. <laughs> you understand? One man's ego is driving that great um, you know country near the brink you know just just one month's ego you know it's driving you know the country right to the brink you know and 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 um, and, 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 and i think it's okay if that was just one man's ego you can imagine the kind of um, um what is the word uh, the way it has uh, it has infected other people okay uh, one of the things that i've done the sometime last year and this year i have reread um, a number of books which you know have been very important to me um so i've, I've always been a fan of jonathan green uh, sorry uh, robert green sorry robert green um 48 laws of power he, he's done um the art of seduction he's done um, 33 strategies of war he's done the 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 art of human nature something like that and i think the, the last one is the one which he did uh, recently and um, a number of other books which I've uh, been able to um, bring into play. Um, the, the, there seems to be one kind of a theme when you read some of these books that um, tend to deal with human functionality or, or dysfunctionality for that matter, you know, and that is how morale is so contagious, okay? Because, I mean, look, look at Trump. I mean, I mean, you, you, one person has so much influence, so much potential, so much power, especially in respect to the gullibility of others, okay, which is basically what you're talking about. Um, and of course, in this respect, you're talking about the issue of power and the kind of, the kind of stretch and the kind of power it has and hold it has. So anyway, I don't want to go into a lot of uh, that because I think we shall be having time maybe in the future just to look uh, at some of those things you know, in more greater detail. So, uh, for, let me, just, just as an example, the, um, prostitution, which is basically people selling, you know, their flesh or their body for, for money. To, to, today is called making an honest living. Okay? We haven't gotten there in Kenya per se. In terms of, in terms of practice, maybe, uh, in terms of the legalese, maybe we haven't, it's still legal. You know, I think they call it uh, the law against solicitation. Um, so look at even how some of the words people play around with them. It's called commercial sex work. Okay, you know I mean it's so clean. Eh? It's it's really kind of clean. Eh? You know, and the same can be said with all the other wrong and very uh, diabolical practices like homosexuality or or abortion or whatever it is. All those horrible things. You know, we kind of try to clean them. Which, to be very honest, you know, wrong is wrong, is wrong is wrong. I mean. What is wrong is wrong and is wrong. Okay, it just can't be any irrespective of who you know engages. So, um, so 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 it's 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 generalized 
and characterized and kind of given one nice clean sheen you know very nice clean sheen you know uh, there's a term we've been using here in Kenya of late um, that if you visit some office somewhere in um, what do you call a place I visit some office somewhere in um, along uh, what, what you call, um, um, Upper Hill Upper Hill that's where the former Prime Minister and his offices they say if you go there irrespective of how messy things are that is the term we've been using here. You know, if that guy cleans you, you're clean. Man. I mean, everybody you say you're as well when you move a kamapamba, that is the term. Yeah? So anyway, um, that's beside the point. But uh, the, the, the issue is that um, we try to lay out a foundation, which I don't want to go into all those issues. Um, we began very strongly on the issue of immorality, which is, I think, where we stopped. Um, seeing that we were unable to do the other three, and I don't think we're able to do even the final one today. So basically, we 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 say we said you never graduate from caution in this area. This is very important, and I want to, I don't know, just reiterate it. Allow me because I know it's we are belaboring the point maybe to some extent, but I think it is it is critical. You never graduate in this area, and and and, and one of the things I would have you church members know is this: Satan is mighty patient. Okay. If you're looking for a patient person, if there's somebody who plays his cards with a long-term, you know, con game in mind, is Satan. And, and, and so he, he he's never too concerned that you are presently on your A game on this area. He happens at the back of his mind and knowledge, or I don't call it knowledge, he, he happens a belief that he can always get you at a particular time at a particular situation at a particular moment he happens it in his mind that that if all factors were to play out in a certain way if all if everything has to line up in a certain way you will find yourself you know falling head over heels in this area and and, and, and i would have you know that very very early. and it doesn't matter how prestigious or how spiritually you know empowered you know you know you know you 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 presently you know uh, are enjoying it doesn't matter it doesn't matter you know we all have and you see weakness or other put this way sin is always so situational did i say that correctly so that it is it is it is something that the, the you know you know yesterday you wouldn't imagine you would be doing it you get i mean it's so situational, some breakup, some trauma, some situation happened yesterday and all of a sudden, all the gullibilities and all the accessibilities and all the, you know, addictiveness that you never thought can come flooding in. Everything just begins to, if you were to ask that person the previous day, they will tell you, I would never, and, and that's why we need to be very, very, very tactful, very, very tactful and um, always work, you know, on the parade, you know, from the point of caution, always tread on the path of caution. Okay. So, what we learn from Joseph um, on this issue, allow me to say this, is that a good run is better than a bad stand. Okay. But Joseph did not sit there and look at Potiphar's wife who was tempting him and um, start saying, you know, I'm, I'm okay, I am not affected. You can, you know, you know, those kind of. You know craziness no the man just told himself you know i am not going to wait to see how strong i am he just took off 
you know so so and 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 you never you never you never you never um you never become a graduate that's what we mentioned earlier okay so so um we also mentioned and, and i'm jumping a couple of things uh, first Thessalonians 5:22 was a very good scripture very very good scripture it's still a very good scripture sorry you know but it was a very big you know a linchpin in what you're saying you know, last time it kind of held everything together because we're saying that um um according to first Thessalonians 5:22 we need to abstain from the appearance of evil and there is no other way of overcoming in this area than um, abstaining refraining from an appearance you know not exactly you know kind of contending with the problem but running away from its appearance so that uh, if you see it coming from the horizon you take the next turn and you go okay and that is safety fast that's what you call safety fast safety fast if you see the appearance of evil and especially this kind of evil then abstain from its appearance don't wait until you have to contend with it on close quarters because believe you me and i can tell you with certainty the bulk of the stories you read and some of us you know maybe you have you have you have, you have read maybe people's uh, you know um stories you you know it is that flattering at a very close quarters that that um you know sense of um self belief that um you can get so close and still get out and of course we know from the book of proverbs that you can never put fire on your bosom and it doesn't burn you and it speaks in respect to the issue of sex um so again um i want to jump a couple of things which you mentioned last time uh first corinthians 10:12 good scripture again um let him that thinks that he standeth you know let him let him watch because those that think they stand could be operating on a premise of false illusion it's a false sense of grandeur a feeling of grandiosis feeling of um I'm, I'm on top of my game I'm there up there so and it is built on quicksand you know until you realize that this body the bible calls it the, it's a body of sin you carry it with you it's called the flesh really 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 important that i tell you this because it would be so sad that after we have said this that one year from now we mourn we mourn you and when i mean by mourning you we mourn any of us including myself we mourn any of us you know and not because you you've died physically but we mourn the potentials that are, have died we mourn because of what would be we you know we mourn because of you know the 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 latent abilities that have been laid waste on the wayside of life because of um, you know fluttering with this very deadly cancer very terrible 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 cancer so um so we also mentioned that there is a good fear I'm, I'm i'm jumping so many things there which we mentioned last time i have to move to my second point which is the first of all i want to share with you um we said that there's a good kind of fear which is um, an instinct with we called it that way. and i've used this example many times or this you know definition many times um, we say that fear is an instinct of self preservation okay instinct of self preservation just 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 don't expose yourself don't expose yourself if you feel you're uncomfortable in an environment and you feel you might say something do something engage in a way that you might regret later the the, the lesser evil i don't know if that's a good word the, the lesser evil mm-hmm. is to stay as far away 
from you know those situations as possible so somebody may say you're snobbing them you whatever whatever all those things may come up but it is it is more better than exposing yourself in an environment where you can easily you know stumble yourself or you can very easily you know trip yourself you know uh, have education before and uh, not once or twice to say in church that um you know silence cannot be misquoted okay sometimes people just walk you know because <laughs> i was reading a joke you know the other day you know i can't remember what you know i was reading an article or something and uh, there was this joke what was it a movie i was watching and i can't remember and um this 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 guy says um um if you want to win um this is how to win an argument with your wife okay so i'm trying to remember how exactly it was phrased so and then he says um uh, you know little dash there little hyphen there don't argue <laughs> you know this is how to win an argument says it just don't argue just don't argue you know you, you, you've won sometimes the best way to win a battle is not to start one okay and not to get into one in the first place because let me tell you something the truth and, and and this is very common actually with the relationship kind of situations even if you come out the winner you will be bruised i mean do you understand winning does not mean that you are not bruised there are people who win and they are more bruised than the one who they you know won you know over there are people who carry post-traumatic stress disorder and they came back home you know having won the battle so, so it, it didn't stop the fact that now you don't you, you still have flashes and you still have traumatic you know situations in your you know you know you know you still wake up in a cold sweat and nightmares and yet you won the battle okay so sometimes it's it's one of those things which um you know um you have to consider very very strongly so i don't want to go into that because again these are things which in passing we mentioned them you know somewhat um there was a very good scripture that we also did um uh um, um speak from first corinthians 6:18 where it says that um the 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 sin of sex is the only sin or sexual sin is the only sin that we sin against our bodies now if i have time and i don't i would try to explain what that means spiritually okay um one of the ways of beginning to appreciate this is to look at some of the synonyms that in fact the most strongest word used in scripture and the most initial word the you know translators of scriptures used to um talk about um two people man and woman coming together bodily is the word no so they would say so and so knew his wife and they bear or they bore this child now that begins to tell you the essence the core the reason why this um particular area has tremendous import because just looking at the synonyms the ones which are used to try and explain this particular issue you begin to realize because it's the same word we say that um you shall know the truth and the truth is free i mean look at how we use the word no you know it's speaking in respect to the highest form of fuse i don't know confusement or fusion i think that's a better one fusion coming together we don't have the time to go into that but it is very important that um we 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 see it we see it that way um fornication 
adultery is not making love this these are the these are the cleaning agents which have come no cleaning agents so we say so and so cheated on his wife no no this these are cleaning words okay and statements this, this is not just cheating this is seen and look 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 at the way and maybe I'll ask Rispa to get me that verse when David was apologizing and repenting before God um he said something very powerful it should be Psalms 51 if I'm not mistaken um and he says something very very interesting he says to you god alone to you and then he says alone have i committed this grievous sin i mean he would have said i've done this against my wife mikaya he would have said i've cheated my wife i mean you, you understand so when david was repenting in respect to his sin with bashiba he says this one i have committed against you so we've come up with all these cleaning agents of making love and 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 um, kind of conflating you know we have very ambivalent meanings when it comes to you know lust and love and 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 all that and 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 again i keep saying these are cleaning agents okay because if you can clean the language you can remove the sting from the deed okay 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 so 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 David says that and I would like to get the verse at least you can be able to appreciate you know it a little bit much more from the scriptural point of view okay so when you look at a man like Solomon again let me say this and try to you know skate through this um Solomon is what you may call a man of impeccable insight because that's how you can define wisdom really okay the 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 the, the man has not only insight knowledge and ability to pierce through issues he has also a particular way of expressing those you know issues he he can paint a picture if you if you read and i've got in the verse now Psalms 51 verse 1 just give me a moment i'll read this one for you against you here this very strong this 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 you only that is emphasis have i sinned and done what is evil in your in your sight against you so by the time people start talking about um, no what the, what they did because it's just cheating against your wife you can easily rationalize it you can rationalize cheating you can rationalize it i mean you can say you know they, they also don't feed me i mean i, I don't know how you know they also don't do this to me you know uh or whatever it is whatever it is you know so all these cleaning agents one night stands you know cleaning agents friends with benefit cleaning agents you know i had the fling with so and so you know just cleaning just cleaning stuff but the truth of the matter is that it is grievous and it's grievous to god and it should be viewed that way okay now i was on solomon and i was saying solomon is a man of tremendous wisdom you know i have always used it humorously and i've said that solomon is a kind of man who when he opens his mouth you know wisdom flows effortlessly like carbon dioxide comes out of somebody's you know, nostrils You know, he is a man of 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 he, he's a man capable of decoding some of the most difficult issues of life. He's a man of you know great understanding. He paints a picture in such a way or such a manner that it baffles anyone who has a brain. He 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 is extremely good and capable of putting some of the best analogies, some of the best metaphors, some of the best illustrations in a way that you are left you know kind of dumbfounded with his ability to paint a picture 
that's Solomon for you. And he does that on this particular area of immorality, lust, prostitution, and revenge. He does it in such a tremendous way. But Solomon was a lover of, and I don't know you may have a problem with saying this, but it's the truth. He was a lover of fornication. Okay? That's just what you can call it. <laughs> so you can call it. I mean, you can see how it really reduced him to his own words. He says that, um, you know, the prostitute will turn you to a piece of bread. I mean, he, he was actually done exactly that. He's reduced to a piece of bread. He succeeds. He fails in what he succeeds in admonishing us. You, you, you understand? Okay. You know, you know. Um, so so when, 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 when it comes to this area, his wisdom, his knowledge, his insights, what he knows is not enough because it takes much more than knowing. And I'm telling you something, it takes more than knowing that something is wrong. You need some inner anchor and strength. You need some, you need some inner anchor and strength. You need strong supportive networks that can be able to constantly remind you of the grievousness of this particular area and, and keep you in check. Sometimes even human firewalls, human shields, because there are people who can comfortably make it look very easy and guide you in that direction with ease. But there are people who you mention adultery or something you want to do and they're going to come hammer and tongs on you and you'll banish the thought. You will regret that you even thought about it. Okay? Okay? You know, and I want to believe that I'm one of them. If you try to talk about adultery in my presence, I, I, I guarantee you, we're going to have a small fight with you. Well, small is understated. Okay? Because that's not the way to go, really. That's not the way to go. It's, 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 it's a few minutes that can wreck and wrecks. And you can see it. You read people's stories, good people's stories, men of God's stories, and you see their bones littered on the wayside of life. You know. Okay. So basically, um, those are the things which you talked about. Okay. Um, weakness is different from wickedness. You know, weakness is different from wickedness. Um, yeah, that's how we need to look at it. As we look at it, so we have to stop blaming hormones, okay, and genes. You know, no, 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 no. This is this is choice, and we have to be say it as it is. Now I want to move into. Okay, how long have I spent? That's a long time. Just trying to recap, and I think I've added one or two things, which you know, if that is to be viewed as a good thing, then it's a good thing. So let's move to the area of money, what you call the also gold or prosperity. Um. None of us is again immune to the seductive approach um, of the lure of money. I don't think that's a proper sentence. Um, but none of us is um, immune to the seductive nature um, and the allure of the finer things of life, you know, the prosperity, the trappings of power, you know. Money, uh, and I will use the words interchangeably, um, is equal to life because because um, because money equals to time, and time obviously is life. When somebody dies, we talked about um, we talk about lifetime. We spend the quality of our man hours, you know, either thinking on how to make money or going out to make money. Those of us who are employed, like my wife, you know, you know, you spend your your day from eight to five. Obviously, you must have woken up at four. 
for you to be able to make it. And by the time you get back home, it's another two hours. So if you look at that, you, you, you realize that the bulk of the quality time of, in life, it's it just spent to make money. And absolutely nothing wrong with that. So that just tells you the kind of um, premium we place on money. We, we, the, the exchange is our time and time equals our life. Okay, okay. You know, Jesus says something very powerful in Matthew 6, 24. He says, you cannot serve God and mammon. Which is rather strange because think about it. A more ideal uh, statement would have been, you cannot serve God and serve the devil. I mean, to, to me, I think that's more ideal. Would have sounded a little bit more better. But um, he, he actually says, you cannot serve God and serve mammon. In other words, money is the greatest contester of God's place in your life. Think about it. Okay? Okay? Think about it. Okay? And I mean, and that's a bit difficult even to settle in our minds. Uh, money is the greatest contester of God's place. Judas lost his eternal salvation. I'm going through this quickly. Judas lost his eternal salvation. Why? 30 pieces of silver. And I've always wondered, I mean, really, 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 I mean, what, what is this thing? Judas used to have the money bag. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be very rational. Um, and the Bible says that he used to steal from that money bag. The, the word used in the ancient languages is the word chest, a money chest, which is which means a big box. So there must have been a lot of money for you to carry for you to carry a chest. So he used to steal. Nobody used to ask him, and I'm sure there was a lot of money there. It, it's like Jesus, I don't know, was kind of covering for his weakness. I don't know. I'm just um, hypothesizing. Um, maybe he knew this is his weakness. We'll give him time. He will change. He will become better. Whatever. Because nobody nobody kind of you know, brought him to account on the fact that he used to steal. And if you want to know, there was a bit of money in that particular box or that chest. When it came to the issue of feeding the 5,000, do you know the question was, where shall we find bread enough to feed these people? Okay, the question wasn't with what shall we buy this bread for these people? So if you can feed 5,000 and your problem is where to buy it, then obviously you are well resourced. So I, I keep wondering, um, where did he put the money bag for him to go get some 30 pieces of silver, which was fairly very little money, okay? I mean, and again, I'm, hypothes I'm hypothesizing. Why didn't he just go and take the 30 pieces from the bag? I mean, it looks more rational that way. Okay. So Judah lost his eternal salvation. The, the, the man had the money bag. That's what I've said. Look at a man called Gehazi. Gehazi lost an opportunity to be the greatest miracle worker. If you don't know who Gehazi is, Gehazi was the servant to Elisha. Now, if you know the progression, Elisha was the servant to Elijah. There are 16 recorded miracles, you know, in the Bible that were wrought through the hands of Elijah. You know, um, Elisha asked for a double portion of the anointing. There are 32 recorded miracles, you know, of um, Elijah. Okay. Imagine what would have been if Gehazi took a double portion. We'll be talking what, 64? 64, 32 by 2. Okay, so so um, j j just lost it, just lost it. He would have been a great one, the greatest miracle worker. Uh, Matthew 6, 21, um, the Bible says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And you know what happened to Gehazi? 
you know, Gehazi, you know, followed Naaman because, um, you know, Elisha refused to take the money from um, Naaman for performing the miracle of healing. So, um, so Ge- Ge- Gehazi's heart was, and I put in my notes here in a humorous way, Gehazi's heart was in the bags of Naaman. So he was, he has to follow him. That is why his heart was, was in the money. So his heart was in the bags of Naaman. Okay. He had been packed in that suitcase. Okay. He was packed in that suitcase. Okay. 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 Um, I had one man of God use some very interesting um, analogy. And he was saying that uh, Gehazi looked at um, Naaman's donkeys, which were full of gifts and all that. And he said, these donkeys are so tired. I need to go and and, and relieve them of this weight. <laughs> so he followed so that he can relieve the donkeys because they were very uh, tired. Um, I cannot tell where I got this from, but I know it's a it's a borrowed statement, but it's a beautiful statement. That the gold you cannot give to God has become your gold. I've used it for like 30 years, I don't know, maybe more. Um, the gold you cannot give to God has become your gold. Anything that cannot be surrendered. I'm not saying that all the money you have belongs to a man of God. Please understand that something. I'm saying in terms of principle, anything you can never let go because mm-hmm. God is in demand of it. Okay? The gold you cannot give to God has become your God. Uh, you need to read 1 Timothy 4.10. Paul says that Demas has forsook him because he loved this present world. I mean, these are all great people. You know? Okay? There's a statement here which I used many, 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 many years ago in church. Many hearts are saved, but what about pockets? How many pockets are saved? Many hearts are saved. What about wallets? How many wallets are saved? You know? And we know, and we know, and we know what is happening in this day and age with the prosperity message and all that. Okay? Okay? Jesus says, feed my sheep. You know, I think most of us men of God had feed on my sheep. Because the truth of the matter is that the Poverty of most Christians is the result of greedy preachers. It's not because they don't work hard, it's not because they are not diligent, it's not because they, they don't have the you know the avenues to grow themselves, but we're living in a day and time whereby we are the biggest, and I say we very deliberately, we are the biggest reason why many believers are poor. We're greedy. We, we're abusive. Okay? We abuse people's resources. We prey on people. We are very heartless. We're very, we're not, we're not, we don't even have empathy that somebody's going to struggle. We can take food from the mouth of a child without fear, without qualms. You know, it's the most sickening period, I think, in church history. And I say that with a very heavy heart. Because I see it all the time and I can tell you. I mean, it makes you really, you know, want to make some, you know, terrible, dangerous prayers. You know, you feel like this is so wrong that we have allowed greed to get to this very, very, very base and vile level. And, and, and God will punish us in a terrible way. Okay? Jesus said, if you 
if you make one of my little ones offend you know it was better than a millstone was hanged on your neck and you're cast into the sea and i can tell you this is going to be a major 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 there are, there are people and i repeat their children and children's people's children's children that will never find their way because of this kind of craziness we do will never find their way in life because of this craziness which we have entered into in a very gleeful way and with absolute um um you know you know that impunity i think that's one what i have in my mind so um let's choose to st- what am i talking about lot sorry lot lot chose to stay in sodom because it was a it was a prosperous city yet it was wicked he almost perished i mean the guy escaped by the skin of his teeth i mean he escaped by a whisker you know he, he chose a prosperity and he, he 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 never quite made the choice on the basis of you know righteousness and you know he almost perished you know you know um uh, when god's wrath came visiting sodom okay we have to tell the people and i want to bring, bring this to a close that we need to stop trading sorry we have to stop trading with god um uh, the message of giving is not a trade off it's not a trade off this is not this is not an exchange it's not a trade off you know it's not a trade off we have to stop trading with god we have to love him and do his will if the people are able and they are willing they are going to support ministries okay i don't think we need to pray on anybody's resources for whatever reason and if it is not possible then all men of god must of necessity have another trade on the side all men of god so that they can be able to keep the fidelity of truth without having to keep looking behind their shoulder who who are they offending and how much are they losing when they offend them okay we have to deliberately work towards you know being able to survive you know or stay afloat without necessarily having to um conjure or change or tweak or twist or distort truth in order not to offend the givers in court okay so again um Matthew 6:33 good scripture you can and I'm sure you know this one seeking first the kingdom of god and then all these things will be added unto you okay very important first timothy 6:10 i'm trying to finish now um talks about the love of money is the root of all evil obviously the proper word there and some other versions have corrected it is that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil all kinds of evil okay all kinds of evil i would like you to read in your free time i don't have the time now if you read matthew chapter 4 verse maybe i can do it very quickly i only have two more scriptures to go through uh, matthew chapter 4 sorry mark mark chapter 4 it is a story very familiar story of um um the sower who was sowing seed now when jesus was explaining because the leader came to ask him what he meant in respect to that particular parable if you read matthew 4:19 and he was explaining this the seed that were cast you know where there were you know thorns he said so start from 18 and these are they which are sown among thorns such as such as hear the word of god verse 19 and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches 
No, no, no. It's not the wickedness of riches. Money is not wicked. It is the deceitfulness. The way money can play in your mind and deceive you. Okay? I must be spiritual because I am wealthy. Okay? I can now try and control the pastor because, um, you know, um, I have resources. For, for, for forgetting the whole dynamics of calling. Calling and what have you. And many people have started ministry like that, I tell you. People have even broken away from ministries like that, you know. I mean, they've just looked at people and just simply, you know, categorize them in what you call market segmentation, you know. You know, I'm rich, I'm powerful, I'm, you know, I can buy my way. And you know what happened in the case of Ananias and Sapphira, you know. You, you're trying to buy the, is it Ananias and Sapphira? Was that guy who was trying to buy the gift? No, there's some guy called, um, what's his name, Simon, in the book of Acts, okay, you know. He was told, your money perish with you because you have thought you can buy the gift of God with your money. You know, and, 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 and how we need such sober, strong men of God. And it's not like Peter didn't need them. I mean, you can always do it an extra million. You know? They say that the best gift you can give a millionaire is another million, okay? I'm sure Peter would have done it an extra 100,000 or 1 million. I mean, yeah. But of course, Peter, unlike the bulk of us, will not go that direction. So the chaos of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word and become unfruitful. Enough said. Oh, I tell you, that scripture is self-explanatory. Enough said. In a way, you cannot even be, um, how can I put this? Those that fall into the snare of prosperity ministers are not victims per se. They are contributors and collaborators because deep down within, they are looking for something and that something is not God. And, and, and that's the truth. Okay? We cannot, we cannot in any way let them off the hook that easily. They are looking for something and that something, truth be told, is not God. They are also looking for a trade-off. For a trade-off. Okay, so if you read uh, chapter 6, verse 26, my second last scripture, um, Jesus told the people who are following him, and the Bible says there were a multitude looking for him. He says, I know why you are seeking me. And I love the one, you know, it uses the word seeking. Okay, so they came looking like people very deeply spiritual. Oh, Master, where have you been? We've been looking for you. And he says, You are not seeking me because of the miracles, you are seeking me because you ate the loaves. Just think about it. How many people all dress up, perfumed, you know, cars, you know, cleaned up, children packed into those beautiful cars, going to a church across the street, 20, 30 kilometers, not because they're seeking God. You know, it, it, it's sad. It's sad. You know, but because they ate the loaves, because they want, they want, a piece of the pie, like the Americans will call it. So, um, people seeking the Lord that for the loaves sick. I finish now. Um, the scripture which I have is Isaiah 31, and I'm debating where I should read it. Um, I know we started late today, so I'm trying to save one, save one time. So, what that means is that we're going to be dealing with the issue of pride. You know, which is basically enthroning oneself. Um, but um, 
for today we will just deal with this particular second point and we'll, we'll take it up from there next sunday allow me to read Isaiah 31 it's a long you know read so that's why i was a bit hesitant uh, but i think it is worth it's worth our time i'm using the king james which i don't prefer very much um I've done better with an NIV. I don't think I have one here. War unto them that go down to Egypt for help. By then, if you understand the historical um, situation, is that Egypt was viewed as the place of prestige and glory and power. It is, in history, we know it was a fast civilization. It's more or less like the way we look at America or Europe today from these sides of Africa, okay? So war unto them that go down to Egypt for help and stay on horses and trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong, but they look not unto the Holy One of Israel, neither they seek, neither seek the Lord. Yea, or sorry, yet he also, that is God, is wise and will bring evil and will not call back his ones, but will rise against the house of the evildoers and against the, and against the help of them that work iniquity. You can see the priority here is righteous living. Now the Egyptians, verse 3, are men and not God. Okay? I said this many years ago in church and I have repeated it. And I've told God, and I say it even now on record. I told God, God, if you ever see me go this way, just take me home. If you ever see me go the way of trusting or bowing or fearing a human being for what they can offer me, I said, Lord, I'm ready at that particular hour to go home. It's, 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 the, it's the biggest slap you can, after being where I've been and seeing what God can do, for me, I think that is the biggest slap I can give to God. After seeing the level of the place God has taken me from to where I am, I, I, I've said it so many times in church, and I mean exactly that, and I say it as a solemn vow that if you ever see me bow to a human being for fear for what they can give me because I fear to be poor or I fear to be whatever, appreciated in whatever way, I've told God, and that remains my very strong vow before God, I'm ready to check out. Now the Egyptians are men and not God, and their horses are flesh and not spirit. When the Lord shall stretch out his hand, both he that helpeth shall fall, and he that is help, helped shall fall down, and they shall fail together. That's amazing scripture. It makes your blood go cold. That the one that is helping will fall, and the one that is being helped will also fall, and they will fail together. I think I'll stop there. You know, the rest you can read for yourself. Let me read that again, please. Now the Egyptians are men and not God. Those people we are bowing to because they can give us little stipends and little things, or maybe they can give us value, they can make us feel a bit important. Oh, that's that's I mean, then, then why did we get saved? What was the point of Christ, Christ dying so that we can embrace Him if people are still going to be the people, I mean, the, the, the enthroned? You know, personalities and our being. I mean, really, it, it defeats every sense. It defeats every sense, spiritual otherwise. The Egyptians are men and not God. Their horses are flesh and not spirit. 
when the Lord shall stretch out his hand, both he that helpeth shall fall, and he that is helped shall fall down, and they shall fail together. For me, I think that is just like the heart of the cross, the heart of the gospel, that we can never allow ourselves to enthrone a human being to take the place of God simply because they have the, you know, they can make us, they can make our life, you know, a little comfortable. I think it's such a terrible slap in the face. I mean, one of the things we've learned, allow me to say this in finishing, I've actually closed my book. One of the things that we've learned with Corona is this, that there's a difference between lifestyle and living. Most of you, I'm sure you can, you can say with clarity today, you never thought you can survive with very few shillings. But the bulk of the money we spend, we spend with things which we can live without, what I'm calling lifestyle. The cost of living is very simple. I mean, we've been here in the house the bulk of the time before things started changing. And then I, I, I mean, I would realize some little money would stretch for so long. You know, on a given day, if there was no corona, I'll be going to watch a play every Friday, which I always did. And of course, by the time you get into town, you are early. Probably I'm going with Stephanie. You know, we take, you know, a few, you know, pretty penny for the same. Maybe we go do dinner. Then we come from there. We do something else, something else. By the time you're done, 4,000 is gone. I mean, I realize you can actually minimize your movement and you'll still be alive. <laughs> you know, you'll, you'll minimize your movement and you'll, you'll still be alive still be alive i mean i noticed in the early days especially when um, the pandemic you know hit him or you know or hit you know even the grass grew on my path you know you know the way i normally leave the house i'm the last person on this stretch i noticed even the grass grew on the path where the car passes because i was really really getting out of it of the house with the car okay nothing stopped me from being happy or just um, living or just staying afloat lifestyle is can be expensive. Living can be fairly cheap. Great. My time is really up and um, I should really thank you very, very uh, profoundly for um, keeping um, or staying on, <laughs> staying on. And um, I'm sure this is going to be a good word for you in the days to come and even now, pass it over to other people. I'm sure they can benefit equally from the same. Thank you again. God bless you.